0: From the international headquarters of the sword of the lord publishers and ministries here in downtown murfreesboro tennessee this is making a difference and i'm dr shelton smith every day five days a week we get together right here and i trust that you'll join us as often as you possibly can it's nearing the end of the month of july and listen summer is getting away and it's getting away very very rapidly i trust you're having a good summer a safe summer And that all is well as you walk with the Lord each day. This week we've been talking about the general subject of pseudo-spirituality. A week ago we took an entire week to talk about New Testament Christianity, things the way God lays them out. In other words, how you find them in the Bible. And then we took note of the fact that there are a number of things very carefully delineated in the New Testament, about how that there are some things that do not meet authentic muster there are some things that just do not meet scriptural muster and those are pseudo they're false and uh, we noted that, and I'll rehearse that just a little bit in a moment. But let me remind you, I'm delighted to send our Sword of the Lord newspaper, a sample copy of it, to you. I'd be delighted for you to have it. I think you'll like it. It'll be a help to you, and I will give you the address at the end of the broadcast today, and I hope that you'll request a copy of our Sword of the Lord newspaper now in its 88th year of publication. I think you'll find it helpful to you. Now, let's look today at this fourth in the set of studies about pseudo-spirituality. I thought when we finished yesterday that I was done with the subject, but then uh, some additional thoughts came, and I want to give those to you today. The fact is, when the Bible tells us, as it does so very clearly, that there are false gods, false religions, false prophets, false teachers, false apostles, and even false brethren— All of those things are noted repeatedly in the Bible. And also, along with that, the Bible itemizes certain things that develop in any of those scenarios. It talks about a false way and false reports, a false tongue, false lips, false witness, false balance, false gift, false vision, false dreams, false accusations. All of these things fall into that category of pseudo-spiritual behavior Affected by the false prophets, false teachers, etc., that are pseudo personalities, pseudo spiritual personalities that do not represent things the way they ought to be represented. So these false realities are fully established inside the pages of the Bible. Now today I want to just make some practical application of what we've learned about that. You will remember that in Matthew chapter five and verse twenty, Jesus said that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and pharisees ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven that just tells us that crowd the scribes and pharisees they were religious but what they had was not going to take them to heaven so what did they have they had something that was false it did not work and jesus pointed out there is a difference some things are right some are wrong some are good some are not good and whenever they're not good and you apply that in the spiritual arena well it's just a pseudo spiritual situation uh, again you may want to think about 1 corinthians chapter 3 where the bible talks about some things as being spiritual and some being carnal and it is the carnal issues that get into the mix that cause the development of pseudo spirituality. If you were to say to me, well, uh, what are some indications of pseudo spirituality? Let me just give you some things that I think apply. First of all, pseudo spirituality is self-serving. 2nd Timothy chapter 3 has that famous passage in it, and notice the early part of it when it says, "...men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud." Those four things tell me that some folks, though verse 5 says having a form of godliness, they are pretending to be religious, but yet they're lovers of their own selves, they're covetous, they're boasters, they're proud. All of those things are self serving things. Why are they covetous? Well, they're wanting things that maybe is outside their budget. They're wanting things that they can't afford. They're wanting things that somebody else has. And what they want, they're willing to do just about anything to get. And the Bible goes on to say they're boasters, meaning they're telling things about themselves. Uh, Let's put it this way they're enhancing their resume, they're puffing up their resume, boasting above what the facts are. And all of this is just self-serving. And when any person, whether they be pretending to be a Christian or professing and yet not really walking with the Lord like they need to, it becomes a pseudo-spirituality because it is so self-serving. Let me give you another thing that I think comes into play here. The pseudo-spiritual person will lay down expectations for other people but they do not apply those same expectations to themselves. They always have a lesser standard for themselves. They will push other people to wherever they want them to be pushed, but they themselves do not go that far. They have lesser standards for themselves, which is another way of just saying they're hypocritical. They have a double standard that does not work like it's supposed to work. When you and I have things that we advocate, it ought to be things we've experienced, it ought to be things we're practicing, before we recommend it or before that we press on it for other people to adopt it, then we need to be sure we've got our own house in order. But these pseudo-spiritual characters, they will expect others to do what they themselves are not willing to do. A third thing that happens here with pseudo-spirituality, the person who gets into that zeroes in on what I'm going to call pet themes, but they ignore the whole counsel of God. There are certain portions of the Bible they just don't want to hear. They just do not want to go there. It's like, well, no, we're not going to talk about that. I know it's in the Bible, but, you know, does it really mean what it really says? And they'll just find all kinds of ways to circumvent the things that they find in the Bible. But when they have a pet theme that they want to get hold of, they will press that to the extreme to the point where it will really get out of proportions to what it actually is. So they zero in on their little pet things but they leave other major matters out. A fourth item that gets in play here with the pseudo-spiritual crowd, they cry legalism in defiance of restraints on their own behavior. In other words, if you say this is something that ought to be done, a Christian ought to do this, they may look at you and say, oh, you're a legalist, and they try to circumvent the clear commands of God by crying out about legalism as though any restraints or any restrictions or any rules are totally off bounds. They sometimes will say, oh, I'm free in Christ, I have liberty, and they don't want any standards at all to be applied to them. Now, the likelihood is they'll have standards, as I've already noted, that they won't apply to other people, but they themselves are going to play it much looser. A fifth item, this pseudo-spiritual behavior. Often it will talk much and walk little. Now, we've said on this broadcast, and you've heard people say again and again, as a Christian, your talk and your walk ought to be pretty close together. We ought to be doing the things that we're saying and saying the things that we're doing. But this crowd of pseudo-spiritual crowd, they talk a lot about things, but they don't walk in it very much. And sometimes they become very, very critical in the process. They are light on themselves, but they really go heavy on criticism of other people. And again, it's not a matter of we're talking about Bible standards here. We're talking about just the things that they want, they think they want. And often this crowd will lack compassion. It's like they're not going to give an inch to anybody else. They're not going to be patient with anybody else. They're not going to have a heart for anyone else. But compassion just is not there with them. A sixth item that comes into play here with pseudo-spirituality, they create issues where there is no issue. That is, they'll find something to be picky about, something that will often set aside major issues so that they can press some little minor thing. And they really intend to have their way, and their way is the only way with them. We understand Christ is the only way. The Bible is truth and all of that. We're not negating that at all. We're standing tall on that. But the fact is, whenever they have little pet things that they want to push to the point that they're totally picky about it and everything else kind of takes second place or gets pushed in the background, that's a problem. And, uh, you know, sometimes the pseudo-spiritual person, they aren't doing something themselves that they ought to be doing. They just don't like the way you go about it. They're not going to do anything about it. For example, they're not going to go soul winning, but they don't like the way you go so winning. They're not going to tithe, but they don't like the way that you're giving. They don't think that your church has anything to offer. I mean, your church is not doing it right. But at the same time, they don't have anything to offer themselves. Now, folks, I, I know there's a lot of issues here, and there's a lot of things to be dealt with. And I know that I'm digging in on some things that sometimes it may pinch a little. But I want you to know all of these things need to be dealt with. They need to be things that we figure out. We sort out, and we walk the walk that a Christian ought to walk. We learn from the Bible. We dig in from the Bible, and that's where we learn. You see, spirituality is a good thing unless it turns sour. And when it turns sour, it becomes a pseudo-spirituality, and that pseudo-spirituality is always carnality. It is not a real spiritual walk. And when carnality digs in, that really is just a long word for a little short word, S-I-N. Carnality is sin. And listen, when we head down that trail, I'm talking about the carnal trail, the sinful trail, that is a futile behavior. That is a futile road. You say, well, I'm going to go that route. Well, let's see how that works out. It's not going to produce for you what it promises. Sin never produces what it promises. It's always going to offer you all kinds of glitz, glitter, and glamour, but it's going to disappoint you. I mean, and it'll probably be sooner rather than later, but certainly later. Now, pseudo-spirituality is futile, and it's frustrating as well. I mean you see people, I mean they they can't even get up the energy to go to church more than once or twice a year or three or four times a year. Oh yes, they'll profess to be Christians, but everything about it is frustrating to them and it's because they are walking in this pseudo spiritual mindset. They just haven't signed up like they need to sign up and so they're frustrated and consequently they're very fickle. I mean they're here one day and gone tomorrow. You cannot count on them and the result that is, I mean, they'll just be along for a little while, and then, oh, no, I'm going to go elsewhere, and I'm going to do something else, and they just do not stick like they need to stick. Now, ultimately, this pseudo-spirituality is going to fail. It'll fail for me. It'll fail for you. It'll fail for anybody who signs on to it. Now, here's the solution. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, right at the end of that chapter, the Bible says all Scripture— is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect thoroughly furnished unto all good works so what are we saying there We're just simply saying the Bible has the answer. The Bible has the instructions. The Bible has the key points, the key notes, the guidelines, the roadmap, all that we need to walk the walk and live the Christian life like it needs to be lived and to stay clear of this pseudo-spirituality. You can be a spiritual person, but you're going to need the Lord's guide, you're going to need the Lord's handbook, the Bible, the Word of God to get you there. So let's stick with God. Let's stick with the book and let's walk with him. And I think you'll find that it comes out good every single time. Well, dear friends, it's a joy to be with you every day here. And I look forward to being back again tomorrow. I trust you'll join me then. In the meantime, do write me a note. Let me know that you hear the broadcast. And I do want to send you a sample copy of our newspaper, The Sword of the Lord. It'll be a blessing to you. So write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith at P. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of this day and goodbye for now.